thinking about future-proofing your private market strategy? In the lead-up to Allocate, where we'll hear from some of the industry's most experienced voices, we discuss how private market investors will align profits with purpose, incorporating macro themes into investment decisions, and we debate how secondaries will redefine the illiquidity premium of private capital in this week's episode of the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. Hello, listener, and welcome. We are recording from home today to do a deep dive into some of the themes we'll be exploring at this year's Allocate Conference. For that, we've got an interview with Sam Kay, the Head of Investment Funds at Travis Smith, a sponsor for the conference. We'll be discussing fundraising trends, illiquidity solutions, and future-proofing your private market strategy. Held annually at Allocate is Unquote's LPGP Conference. Over the years, we found that Allocate has given investors a chance to engage with GPs and position their investment strategies, while GPs were able to meet active LPs and get the latest insights on private equity through a series of panel discussions featuring major market participants from across the industry. This year's agenda is chock full of speakers from the likes of Stepstone, the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board and Cambridge Associates. Here to talk a little more on the conference, and for her debut on the pod, we have my esteemed colleague with me today, Olivia Cummins, the producer for Allocate. Thanks for being with us here today, Olivia. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. So I wanted to ask, what kind of goes into creating this agenda? How do you decide on panel topics? We're very data-based when it comes to writing our agendas in the first instance, um, but on Allocate, we actually work with an advisory board to help us pinpoint the most important topics. The advisory board includes leading LPs, as well as our partners from Time Partners and PEWIN, the Women's Private Equity Network. Around nine months before the event, we start our research looking at data from Unquote and all of the end-of-year analysis pieces. We then put together our ideas and take them to the markets. So we have a number of conversations with leading LPs and GPs and advisors. Um, great. And Sam Kay, our interviewee uh, for today, who we'll be hearing a lot more from, um, is going to be speaking on illiquidity solutions. What do you expect to hear from that? Yeah, there's been so much interest in the topic. So it will be really interesting to hear how GPs are creating liquidity in a post-COVID world. Um, I spoke to one of our speakers from Hafen earlier in the week, and she was mentioning that there's a sort of convergence between single asset secondaries and co-investments at the moment. Um, it's a really full panel with Stepstone, Headway Capital Partners and Hayfin. So we're really looking forward to that one to hear about how some of those GPs are restructuring their portfolios uh, to allow for liquidity in a post-COVID world. So we'll be hearing more from Olivia in just a moment. But first of all, uh, we've got our interview today with Sam Kay, Head of Investment Funds at Travis Smith. Here with me today is Sam Kay, a partner in the funds team at Travers Smith. Thanks very much for being with us, Sam. No problem at all. Thanks for uh, asking me to come and speak. So I wanted to kick off with a general uh, topic. What, what do you expect for fundraising volumes in the private equity industry for the rest of 2020? 
So yeah, I mean, I think 2020 is going to be a bit of a strange year in many ways, just to kind of state the obvious, really. I think it will end up being broken down into three parts. You know, the first the first quarter where things were pretty normal and a number of, uh, you know, large funds were, were raised, people were carrying on as normal. Then we're obviously going to have the you know, chunk of time when everyone has had to cope with coronavirus and uh, that impact. And then I'm very much hoping that Q4 is going to be returning to a, a degree of normality. I think there is a fair amount of pent-up activity um, that will come through in, in Q4. Overall, I'd expect that the, the numbers for the year will, will be down due to the fact that we've had a, a reasonably long period where everyone's had to cope with the lockdown. But um, from, from what we are seeing, there is still a fair degree of, of interest and activity in fundraising. There are still plenty of GPs out on the road and, and able to coordinate with LPs and you know, organise the closings for their funds. So I'd expect actually volumes to go up a lot from where they are today but also to be slightly higher amounts compared to a normal q4 uh, on on the fundraising side oh great thanks for giving us a quick overview of the market there so of course you've been attending allocate since it started uh, how how did you find last year's event which you were speaking at L- last year allocate I thought it was a great event dealing with some really important themes, whether that be economic uh, trends or or other more general themes around sustainability or need for diversity in in the market. So all of that is is great, and actually that that's one of the one of the points I I really enjoy about Allocate is that it's not just dealing with you know people talking about what's going on in the markets, but actually considering some of the the more significant and more important themes that are going to impact the market over the longer term for, for me that that's a that's a real a real highlight oh great well I'm certainly looking forward to it and I know the team's been putting a lot of effort in I I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your panel last year um, it was on the outlook for long-term capital and exploring whether long-term capital is an evolution of the asset class or more just a kind of product of fundraising in the period at the time which obviously was very late in the economic cycle um, what was the most interesting insight that came out of that discussion? Yeah, so I, I think there were two really for for, for me. Um, the, the first was uh, uh, highlighting the the range of investors um, who were interested uh, on the on the concept of long term capital. Um, so uh, you, you had in investors from big institutions to family offices to uh, other investors who were beginning to explore the the asset class um, uh, all of that i thought was was really interesting and, and to me it reinforced the idea that um, the that asset class the long-term outlook um, uh, was more mainstream than just a passing a passing fad the uh, other point as well was the, the range of options that are available to investors if they want to uh, consider a more long-term outlook for the, for their investments. That there are a number of, of of possibilities and ways of dealing with that. A number of different structures and 
approaches. So I found that really interesting as well. Interesting. And, and obviously, with such a turbulent year and so many events that probably have never been seen before, has, has your opinion changed on the subject of, of long term capital? So I, I think it's I think it's that's a hard one to give a, a, a firm view on at the moment, um, as as the the environment the, the world is still a strange place. So hard to to give a, a definitive view. I, I suspect that over the next twelve months or so, people will uh, return to this concept of long term investments and and i think that they will be returning to, to to it when thinking about uh the need for a, a um a change in the approach to investment so one of the other points that we were talking about at the allocate conference was the sustainability agenda to my mind that's going to become even more important over the next uh few years uh, as people are thinking about the impact of coronavirus and how that changes society. It isn't, isn't just an economic change, it's a societal change. Uh, and to my mind, uh, that feeds very, very well into the, the need for a sustainable approach. Uh, and that also feeds into the idea of a, a long-term outlook, long, long-term investments so so i think all, all of those factors will begin to come into play even more over the next three four or five years mm, absolutely and this year of course um onto a different topic you'll be speaking on illiquidity solutions and i wondered how was the coronavirus crisis affected the secondary market this year i think there's been a a range of issues that people have been having to deal with. Um, The the first, uh, the start of um, the coronavirus period, the lockdown period, everyone was focused on valuations and and, uh, how can you value an underlying portfolio when it is so hard to predict what may happen over the coming days, weeks, months. The concept of valuation became became a very important one and that did affect the market. You know, how do you price a portfolio if you can't be too sure on valuations? As a result, there was definitely a, a dip in activity in those early, early days. I think that is beginning to, to rebound. It's still hard to predict that because Everyone's talking about the next wave of 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 the of the crisis, uh, and also people are having to adjust over the holiday sort of period uh, as well. So it, it's 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 hard to know exactly where things stand, but but I suspect that over the coming weeks and months there will be a strong rebound in the in the markets. People thinking about how to find a uh, use of the of the toolkit that is available. Available now to GPs and also to to the lenders and other other providers of liquidity option. Obviously, I don't want you to give away everything that you're going to talk about on the panel, um, but I did want to get to the heart of it. Do you think that the secondaries market still provides a liquidity option for LPs? Uh, absolutely, yes, absolutely. I think it is changed a bit. So I mentioned a moment ago that the, the the toolkit people are considering and thinking about, and and that that's the real, to my mind, that's the real important point, the key points that the way the market has moved, it, it's developed, it's evolved from 
what we would think of as a standard LP tender offer to um, having other options available. So the banner of GP-led transactions, that that in and of itself now includes a a whole range of of different tools that GPs can use, whether it be preferred equity or a NAV-based arrangement, or whether it's uh, some fund restructure and an end-of-life option for, for a fund. All of these different structures different different approaches are increasingly part of the toolkit that gps consider and all of that is backed by the overall markets and and uh, the providers of, of of finance whether they be fund of funds providers or lenders or, or alternative providers so that I, I think the market has evolved it's become more sophisticated and it still very much provides a liquidity option for lps great and kind of just to tie everything up for our listeners and I'm sorry to push you to do this but it'd be great to do some crystal ball gazing what do you foresee for the secondaries market in 2021 in terms of fundraising I think it will be a buoyant market that's my view I'm always trying to be quite upbeat positive um, but I I, I think it will be a a very interesting 12 months Um, as I mentioned at the start, there's a sort of a, a degree of pent-up activity um, which will come through. Uh, there is still a large amount of dry powder, but I, I also think that this this need for GPs and and LPs as well to be creative uh, to come up with solutions to to use the toolkits to provide a liquidity op- option uh, all of that is going to be really important and will drive activity during uh, the next 12 to 18 months fantastic sam well thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us no problem at all thank you very much I wanted to ask you, and we're back with Olivia here, are, are there any speakers, of course, other than Sam, that you're excited to hear and why? It's always great to hear from the LPs who speak on the agenda, um, but also some of our GP speakers. I'm excited to hear from Amadeus Capital's Anne Glover. She's doing a keynote on the outlook for private markets and Anna Chiara Marcandali from a Cambridge Associates as well. It's also really great to hear from our speakers with a more academic background, such as Colin Mayer from Saad Business School. Oh, absolutely. Certainly looking forward to that as well. I wanted to ask also because we've, we've previously spoken about this and I know that Allocate does a lot in this area, but what does Allocate do to ensure diverse representation? So we're really pleased to work with PE Win, the private equity women's association on Allocate as gender diversity is really important to us in our speaker lineup. Um, We're thrilled to have so many female voices in this year's agenda. We always aim for a 50-50 split of male and female voices, but of course this year has also thrown to light other diversity issues that we hope to represent as well. Sometimes it is more interesting to hear from someone who hasn't necessarily had the same advantages when trying to start a career in private markets and often we can learn more from their journey and perspectives. It's really important to us to have a diversity of thought in all of our panel discussions. 
Uh, we also work with a diversity inclusion committee internally who help us to ensure our events are both diverse and inclusive, but we're always looking uh, at how we can improve this. Private markets in some ways are ahead of other industries with their focus on ESG, but we do need to make sure that this has an impact on the ground at our events. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of ESG, this year we have a panel on sustainability and fiduciary duty, and, and we usually do have a panel on some element of ESG at Allocate. How has the conversation on ESG changed since you've been working on Allocate? And, and are there more speakers willing to speak on the subject now than previously, perhaps? Yeah, definitely. I think it's really interesting to see how our panel topics around ESG have developed over the years. Um, initially, ESG was something that everyone knew was on the LP's agendas, but those conversations have really evolved into what that actually looks like and the impact of those decisions. I think most GPs now recognize the value of ESG investing and reporting, but there are so many different impactful strategies and everyone has a slightly different approach. Uh, Michelle Giddens from Bridges Fund Management gave an excellent keynote speech last year on impact investing and I hope the conversation can really take off from where she left it last year. Well I'm afraid that's all we have time for this week. Uh, do look out for upcoming episodes and please take the opportunity to subscribe to the Unquote Private Equity podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or of course continue listening on unquote.com. A very big thank you to Olivia Sam Kay, our producer Tim, and as always, a big thank you to you too, listener. Speak to you soon.